sat recording this because I've literally got my mic between my legs on a crate full of jumpers and it's just not a, it's not a very comfortable position to be in. Can you play the cajon? I mean no. anyone can play the cajon but because you just hit a box no offense cajon players. But you know when people come up okay just a moment of transparency here one of I feel like I'm going to offend people but deal with it. Um, uh <laughs> there are moments in church where people will come up and say I want to join the worship team uh, because now and again I lead worship and uh, I'm like oh brilliant like really hoping that like it's a killer drummer or like an electric guitar player or a great singer or whatever and then I say oh what do you play and they say the cajon and I'm like what like seriously that is literally hitting a wooden box like (laughs) like my two-year-old could do that um you're right you have just offended many people (laughs) yeah well if you are a player of a wooden box i think you you set yourself up there before i ever said anything so anyway let's segue back to the 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 season that we're in as in not the season of the podcast the festive season lexi yes christmas is nearly here do you have any rules lexi about christmas decorations and when things should and shouldn't go up and all that jazz um they are unspoken rules. As a family, we don't tend to put any sort of decoration up until sort of mid-December at the very earliest. We are very much not a family who do anything at the start of the month. Um, and I know many people have been doing that this year, which has been interesting to see. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying it's not what I would choose to do. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> How about you, enough. James? What is, what is your usual uh, procedure when it comes to decking the halls? Yeah, I mean, we only have one hall, so (laughs) not many halls to deck, really. 2020's been hard year for everyone. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, We've we've started um, humble beginnings is what I would describe. So um, Sarah's mum made us a um, advent calendar. Shout out to Kay, by the way, because Kay will be listening to this. Um, Well done, Kay. uh, and uh, she made us like a quite a big advent calendar, like which she put together and had pockets, and then you're supposed to fill it with chocolate and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, so that went up yesterday, and Sarah had this great idea about kind of hanging it off one of the kitchen shelves. And th- there was just a brilliant moment of timing where um, Sarah took a photo of the calendar and put it on Instagram because she's living her best life. And she was really proud with it. And as the moment that I saw the photo and she came to sat next to me, I, we just heard this thud. <laughs> and oh, the, thing no. had, the thing had fallen to the floor, crumpled, <laughs> just a, on a the pile floor, of a, a, a pile of fabric on the floor. But anyway, um, yeah. So she describes me as the Grinch um, because you have long, hairy, green fingers. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, I don't actually on that subject I have relatively short fingers for what is a large a man Grinch. no <laughs> um, like I'm quite a big guy I don't know would you I don't know six, uh, yeah. six, six foot three I'm quite tall yeah but fair. I've got if you'd have said six, six two I'd have been like you're five foot eleven every guy that's five foot eleven claims he's like six one or six two so uh, yeah. six three you're in the safe zone you're probably six foot L- legit six three but 
very short fingers. Hmm. There you Quite. go. Anyway, I don't think sorry. anyone expected to learn that fact about you today, James. No, no I know. Sorry. Um, but anyway, she described me as the Grinch. Uh, and I think that's unfair because she it, it's not that I'm unwilling for Christmas decorations to go up. I'm just unwilling to get them out of the loft because it is a faff. Mm. Right faff. Well, um, uh, why don't you tell us, Lexi, what the podcast episode yeah. is for today? Yes. So obviously in this season, we are looking at battlegrounds of the heart. Uh, and so in episode one, we looked at money and then episode two, we looked at sex. And today, my friends, we are looking at the whole idea of reputation. Mm. Mm, very, very good. Very interesting. Yes. And um, do, you want, do you want to just explain where we're going with this before we dive into what reputation is? Yes. Where are we going? Yeah. So um, under the term of reputation, we're going to be taking a little look at this whole idea of where the need for reputation comes from, whether there is a good approach when it comes to reputation, um, how it is that maybe we've warped that along the way. And then, of course, the most important part, we will be obviously very much deep diving what Jesus has to say about it and what he teaches about reputation um, so that we can move away from seeking reputation and significance in the wrong thing. Um, or things as it may be um, so that is essentially the journey we'll we shall be taking today well maybe we should kick it off then James if you want to chat to us a little bit about where does this need for reputation come from yeah um, I think it's a really interesting topic and it's one that feels uh, like it's an increasing issue it just feels like it continues to snowball and obviously that desire for reputation and by reputation, I suppose, significance and being seen to have it all together and succeeding in life and being thought well of. It's, it's something that has existed from the beginning of time. And, and I know you're going to highlight some of that stuff a little bit later on. But I think it's worth saying that um, it's an issue that we've all grappled with every person on the planet. But I think to answer the question, where does it come from? I think uh, the root of it, the root of seeking approval from others, significance, reputation, it all finds its source, I suppose, in pride. And pride, the, well, the Bible talks about pride being the root of so much of our sin. Hmm. Um, and so in each one of us, is uh is a pride that lives and breathes and and off and so often dictates our decision making because we want to be thought well of and we think better of ourselves than we ought to mm. um i know for me this is a huge deal like probably more than any of the others that we're going to talk about this yep. season i feel like i struggle with reputation the most mm. so this for me is a is a great one to talk about. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to hear what you've got to say because I know there's some great stuff. But I think just full disclosure, this is I'm speaking to myself on this one probably more than any other. Mm. I think you kind of you touched upon this like at one point attached to this already with this this whole idea of although we may be in a a moment where um 
people's opinion of us or their approval or our reputation um although that feels particularly poignant for us today it, it is no new thing um and and you see it right from from the start of the bible right back in 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 genesis um with with the tower of babel i mean it, it, it is the perfect story for showing how pride reputation um approval of others how that is actually sort of characteristic of of mankind from right back from the start because in in constructing that tower those builders were not just constructing a tower were they 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 were constructing a name they were constructing a reputation um and and we saw what happens we saw god's opinion of that it was torn down and they were sent away they were given different languages that they weren't able to communicate um but then there is this really interesting comparison that also happens in Genesis and it's when God's talking to Abraham um, and he says I will make your name great and you will be a blessing and I think that that contrast is really deliberately drawn because both instances are talking about reputation aren't they fundamentally but there's obviously a difference of approach or opinion sort of tied up in that and I think a really 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 important thing that we just need to say for, for full clarity is that the Bible doesn't blanket ban having a good reputation. Um, in fact, in Proverbs, it talks about how um, a reputation is or, or favour is better than silver or gold. It's it's a very good thing. Um, so we're not here to smash it and be like, if you're out to have a good reputation, woe betide you, because fundamentally that's wrong. We should want to be thought of well by others because of the integrity of our actions because of the purity of our conduct. But, and this is, I think, the but that is clearly drawn in those examples, but it's wrong when we want to be thought well of by others, so much so that when push comes to shove, we compromise the integrity and the purity of our work, of our behavior, of our language in order to get it. And 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 there lies the battle, I think, which is fundamentally a battle with pride. Um, because in order to to follow Jesus faithfully, we have to repeatedly die to those desires for our approval in order to be sort of truthful in order to be God. So is there a good approach when it when it comes to reputation? Yes, there is. And it's that it can't become the be all and end all. It can't be just something that we sort of go into for our own gain in order to be seen to be doing well by others, in order to build a name for ourselves that stretches beyond just our sort of immediate circle of influence. Um, and we're going to come into that, I think, in a, in a moment. I don't want to jump the gun and kind of give away all of the podcast goodies in, in one fell swoop. Um, but I think maybe that ho- whole idea of this warped idea of reputation, because the Bible says it can be good and we can use it for bad. So looking into maybe where that warping has come from and where and how we've got it wrong might be quite useful. You will struggle to find a page in the Bible where reputation and pride hasn't got the better of someone. Um and it's it's just right the way through because that is the story of humanity, isn't it? In which uh, we have made a decision uh, that we know best and our way is the better way. Uh, and so rather than um, seeking the approval of God, we seek the approval of others um, and... I think so much of what drives me in my decision making is what people will think about the decision that I've made and therefore they make a judgment on me. And that that comes back to the fear of fear of man, doesn't it? Rather than a right fear of God. Um, And there is just this playoff between the 
we're so often making decisions because we're fearful of what people think and we play up to that um but that that is that is sinful because that takes Mm -hmm. us away from our worship and our trust and our obedience to god anything that takes us away from god is sin Mm -hmm. and so i think a, a wrong pursuit of reputation uh drives us towards people rather than to god um Mm. and i think sin sin has warped that and so instead of fixing our eyes on jesus we place the people who we want to like us and want to think well of us in that place instead so Mm. yeah you just have to go through the gospels to see not just sort of jesus speaking and explaining fundamentally what um the importance of character etc is but you can just look at his actions the way in which he behaves around people how he retreats instead of sort of seeks out crowds etc um to get an idea of maybe what his attitude is towards that sort of public celebration over prioritizing that inner relationship with god but um where we're going to be looking is matthew 6 verses 1 to 4 and i'm just going to read them now Um, So it says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honoured by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And now there's a lot going on there, more than I'm probably going to go into here. Um, But I think what we fundamentally are looking at is obviously his attitude here towards a heart posture. Um, And I think it's really important before we understand what Jesus is saying to know what he isn't saying. And sometimes with the Bible, the way in which sentences are constructed or the word order, it can maybe throw us off. Um, But fundamentally, what Jesus is not saying here is he's not saying to not do good works. I think it's it's clear that he's assuming that his followers, that the apprentices of, of his way, that they would have done that naturally. That that goes without saying. That's why it's not included. It, it's a natural thing. Yeah. So he's not saying don't do good works. He's also saying, not saying, sorry, don't take joy from, from doing good works. So that's not what I get from this. He's not saying you should do good works and there should be no enjoyment of it at all. It should just be a thing that you do because it is right, not because there should be any joy gleaned. I think actually we get a lot of meaning and a lot of satisfaction and a lot of purpose out of doing good works. So he's not saying that. And he's also not saying if you do good works, you have to hide them. Um, but what he is saying is when again, because it's assumed that his followers would be doing these good works. When you do good works, don't do them to show off. Don't do them to look good in front of other people. And I think fun, like the, for us, the, the litmus test or the question that we should probably put to ourselves um, every day, really, um, when it comes to making decisions about what we're doing and why, is does this, am I doing this to glorify God? Does it glorify him? Or am I, am I doing it to to glorify me because fundamentally good behavior in and of itself it, it, it's not enough um and, and by saying that i mean we shouldn't just do things because we should do them we're not just doing right things because they're right um and god does care about our behavior he does care about things being right but but like i said what he's getting at here is the 
is by saying the importance lies in in having that correct heart posture of who it is you're you're doing these things for and I think again it brings us back to needing to ask ourselves that question of why am I doing this good thing like what is my motivation and God and Jesus in this he's not he's not saying don't do good works for a reward. He's not being down on that whole idea of reward. But I think what he's saying is if fundamentally all you're looking for is the affirmation and the praise of people um, or from your peers, then you're setting your sights way too low because there's someone, thank God, who, who sees the heart and who knows who we are behind all of those things. I t- totally agree, Lex. And I think when you said that, that God isn't phased by it, we know that because he has chosen us and he's chosen to work his purposes through us. So he's not put off by his own insecurity. He doesn't have any insecurities that somehow we're going to steal the limelight. Do you know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. God is not looking and going, I better not work through them because they might get a load of praise in this. And that's that he's not insecure. God is not insecure. He's made an active decision to work his purposes through us for the redemption of the universe, which I think is just staggering because he knows what we're like. He made us. He knows our shortcomings. He he sees our sin. And yet he knows that he will still one day get the glory, either now or when everything gets wrapped up. And um, I find that hugely encouraging um, that God's glory and God himself will still be worshipped in spite of my feeble attempts at both trying to point people to him, but also point to myself, which is inevitable. It's going Mm -hmm. to happen. Um, So it is a really interesting playoff, Mm -hmm. but I am reassured, like you said, God still loves us. He still chooses us and uh, he doesn't regret that he knows what's coming and yet he continues to work his purposes out through his creation Mm. and that Mm. he still is going to get all the glory and I I think that is remarkable Mm. so then with that in mind a good question for us is how do we move away from seeking reputation in the wrong things or looking for significance in places that we just aren't going to find it. Yeah, I want to give you. I want to give three things. So here's the classic three point, the three point sermon. Uh, number one, uh, and it's I don't know where I picked this up from, but I I love this this attitude, uh, and and part of it is around responsibility. But a great way of moving away from seeking significance and reputation is is when something goes really well, celebrate the other people that made that happen. So if you're in a team and you might be leading that team and you may well be a big part of why a project went really well, um, but do your best to celebrate other people's involvement over yourself. And I, I think that that kills the thing of look at me, look at me, look how well I've done to celebrate mm-hmm. other people. And by the same token, then when it goes really badly, don't blame the others if you're responsible. Like take it on the chin, you're responsible. And I think that 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 kind of attitude is is a really powerful one when it comes to reputation and significance. Celebrate others when it goes well. Take responsibility yourself when it doesn't. 
Um, so that's, that's a very practical thing, but I hope, I hope that's a good way of kind of approaching it. I think that the two other things are probably slightly more abstract, but I think um, the second way to move away from seeking reputation and significance is recognizing and understanding the severity of our sin in front of a holy God. And I, I think when we start to recognize that and see that, and the depth of our depravity in front of a perfect God, it does something to us where we realize that we are just like grasshoppers, dust, uh, that we're here one day, gone the other. Like, how foolish of us to think that in the cosmic history of time that we, we have made ourselves into something that is worth celebrating. And that's not to like be all punishing of ourselves because at the same time there is real value and significance in our lives and God's chosen us and we're unique and all that kind of stuff but th I think there is a sobering reality that like you know in 50 60 years time I'm going to be gone people aren't going to remember me and that that's just the way of life isn't it and that's I think that's a humbling a humbling experience but I think knowing your sin and knowing the struggles that you have and just kind of facing up to those things is a, is a really powerful tool. And uh, I want to just share a quote from my book of the year, which is written by Dane Ortland, Gentle and Lowly. If you haven't read it, please read it. I think it's accessible for everyone. Um, and he writes this. Uh, if we saw with deeper clarity just how insidious and pervasive our revolting sin is. We can see this only as we see the beauty and holiness of God. We would know that human even calls for an intensity of judgment of divine proportion. And he's, he goes on to talk about judgment and the judgment that's required on our sin. But I think it's like, do you want to, if you want to learn more about yourself, you need to see God in his fullness and understand how holy and perfect he is and i think it's only in sight of that that we see our own position and our own status in the world and i think that is a humbling experience so that that humbles us and moves us away from self-worth and self-value and then the final thing i think that really touches on this thing of of humility and humbling ourselves before a holy God is seeing Jesus and how he lived his life. Um, and we've said in previous episodes, haven't we, that uh, the solution is always Jesus. <laughs> the solution, it's not spoiler even... Spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler alert. Um, it's not even, I mean, this is, an, uh, this is not supposed to be a provocative statement, although it is, but it's not even the message of Jesus it, or, or, or necessarily everything that comes with him it, it, it's just about him and who he is and what he's like and what he's done and him as a person and and all of that and i think when you look at the life of jesus in the face of temptation which we know he experienced and in fact there's there's the bit in the desert isn't there where he, he withdraws and he's tempted by satan and he's offered everything and in the face of that in the face of being offered earthly fame and wealth and significance he rejects that um but then also then we see later on in his life that 
he constantly humbled himself. He he associated with the people who were rejected in society. Uh, he had compassion on people that no one else did. He humbled himself in that way. And then his death, the most humiliating death that anyone could experience. The king of heaven humbled himself to a cross. Uh, and when you see that and when you see that the God who is all-powerful, all-knowing, who has every right to f to have a sense of pride, I suppose, in that he is perfect, this God humbled himself so that he would cover our sin, our sin of, of pride and of reputation and of significance and deal with that so that we could know him. I think, when, again, when you understand the gospel, when you see Jesus for who he is, that helps us move away from our own pride. And instead of making much of ourselves, we then make much of Christ. Mm, yeah, that spoke to me on many levels. And those points are things that I need to employ day in, day out. Um, so it's it's really useful to have that shared again and reiterated because you see the value in it, I think, mm. especially the way you put things. I'm just like, yes, please, all of the above. Thank you. Oh, well, I'm, pro I'm like, I'm processing this all the time and it's a daily battle, isn't it? And that's why we want to talk yeah. about it together because it's, it's relatable for everyone and we are dealing with it day by day. I wonder whether a good thing to do is just to pray and um, I think just take a moment to reflect um, on our own situation and how we struggle with this and come to God and ask for his help. So I certainly want to pray for mm. myself and um, pray for all the listeners at this time. Uh, Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to consider the issue of reputation and, and the place in our lives where we so often fall down on of wanting significance and uh, being thought of well for the wrong reasons and... God, we just ask for your help in this, that uh, we wouldn't uh, present ourselves in such a way that we take away glory from you, uh, Lord, but that we would lead people to worship you first and foremost, that our lives would, would direct people to you. Uh, and so, Lord, we just pray for, for anyone that might be struggling with that, whether that's uh, on social media, always wanting to to appear like they've got it all together or perhaps actually suffering from really low self-esteem that they they genuinely believe they have no value uh, in life Lord, i want to pray for every person listening to this that they would know that their worth doesn't come from what they do or how they appear but it comes from being chosen by you and being loved by you and being someone that has received grace and mercy from you. I pray that we would each draw our, our significance and therefore our reputation from you, being known as people that first and foremost loved and lived for you. And so Lord, we pray for wisdom. We pray for your help in that. Pray that there would be a generation of people that wouldn't seek out themselves, but would seek you instead. Pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, hey, well, that's the end of episode three, uh, looking at reputation. And I believe we're taking a little break over Christmas. Although 
do look out for a little Christmas present from Lexi and I. So keep your eyes peeled because uh, there might be a little bonus for you. Um, do get in touch if you have um, questions or thoughts or reflections on what you've heard over the last three episodes. We'd love to hear them. And some of the highlights of doing last season was hearing people how much people enjoyed them. That's a genuine encouragement to us. Um, anything else we should say? I think Re- you've nailed it. I think you that's... can. Oh, oh you can review. You... Yeah, go for it. Go on, Lex. Um, we would love it if after listening to this, you could just hop on back to the the main page on Spotify or um, iTunes. Is that what it's hosted yeah. on? Yeah, whatever fabulous. podcast platform. Whatever you are podcast. Listening to this. Exactly, and in the same vein as YouTube, which is thumbs up, subscribe. Um, give us a review. Leave some stars, preferably five. <laughs> Just to and, build our own like reputation. <laughs> Just to build our own reputation up. That would be really great. No, the genuine reason is is that there are algorithms in place which mean that it just more people see it and then listen to it. And we would love for people who perhaps wouldn't normally listen to this kind of thing stumble across it. So that's yes, the reason. Yes, indeed. Exactly that. Uh, but have a fantastic Christmas and we'll see you in the new year. Lex, lovely to speak to you. And you as ever. See you next time. Bye.